Hey, it's so good to, it's, first of all, it's good to hear your laughter. Um, it's been such a great uh, week, I hope, for you. We have experienced the weather that's going to be in heaven this week. I'm telling you right now, we are blessed people, and we're getting the paycheck for going through a winter in Maine. Come on. It's been awesome, and I've especially experienced a great week. Uh, we uh, celebrated our youngest daughter's graduation, the baby girl of the family, and all my kids uh, were here this week. Yes, and then uh, so many people were over my house yesterday, and I want you to know this. Satan doesn't want me to expose him, but here's what he tells you. When you say, when, he, when you are considering following him, he says, you're not going to have any more friends anymore, and people aren't going to like you, people aren't going to love you, you're going to be a weirdo, all those things, but I want you to know he's a liar, uh, because as I was standing in my yard yesterday, literally like hundreds of different people that we've met uh, at different churches and different sporting events and those things, I was like, Satan? You're an absolute liar. We had even family from Kentucky uh, that aren't our blood relatives, but we share the same blood of Jesus. Come on. Uh, the people that you get to know in church are, are awesome because we have family and friends that, that go through generation and gener to generation. It is so cool. And some of those people are in the room right now that I've known you uh, even before the Rock Church, which is so awesome. But let me just tell you, if you're brand new to church, please embrace it and embrace the people around you. Now, nobody's going to come up to you and say, hey, could you be my best friend? You have to be a friend as well, okay? Let me just encourage you, but I want you to know this is the great place. This is how God intended his church to be, uh, to be this big family of people that love on each other and are a part of people's lives. And it's so crazy to think about, like, even before you attended church with somebody that you didn't even know they existed, and now you can't imagine their life, your life without them. And so I just want to thank God for that. It's not even in my notes. I haven't even started my message yet, all right? But I just want to encourage you uh, to get to know people. Don't leave out of here so quick. Uh, there's a reason why we put so much time between services, uh, so you can come early and stay late. Amen? Amen. Amen. I appreciate every one of you. I consider you my family, even if I haven't met you yet. I love to hear people's story uh, and uh, love to get to know how God has blessed you and brought you to this point right now. Um, I can only imagine how God feels when his children uh, just laugh and have a good time together. And I, we certainly know how to do that here. Uh, like I said, all this week, it's been one big party zone in my house. Uh, and there's been 10 people who live in my house. My house is not extremely big. It's probably much smaller than the one you live in. Uh, and we had 10 people and one bathroom. Uh, so uh, it, if you don't count the bathroom across the street at Dunkin' Donuts uh, or at the Irving across the road, I have used those before when my bathroom was full. Uh, my wife actually, before the party, she actually put a sign on and says, Mom is going to use a shower at 2 p.m. Please take notice. Like you had a sign-up sheet for the bathroom at our house. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I better stop talking about that because I'll say some inappropriate things. So um, here's the thing about my family. We love spending time together and we share this intimate relationship with Jesus. Like each one of our, of our kids and, and our family 
and our, and our friends uh, that were with us this week. And, uh, but there's something else I want you to know about my family as well. We, we are a sports family as well. We love uh, coming around and rallying around sports. Uh, we came from Northern Kentucky uh, about 13 years ago. We live right across the river from Cincinnati. So we are Cincinnati Reds fans, which is very difficult to be uh, these days. And we're also Cincinnati Bengals fans. Uh, and if you don't know who the Cincinnati Bengals are, they were in the Super Bowl last year. Okay, I didn't say they won, but they were in the Super Bowl last year. Where were the New England Patriots? That's all I have to say. I won't say anymore. But they didn't play the Patriots, okay? Um, but we are huge fans, and of course, we're huge Vanderbilt baseball fans. Uh, because why? Because we actually know people that play for Vanderbilt. And uh, we know, of course, my son plays for Vanderbilt. We know his, his coaches and, and his friends there. And here's the thing I love about sports. I love to get to know the intricate details of people that perform at a super high level. Um, and, and you'll see this in professional sports all the time, but I love to hear about like the routines and the rhythms of people's lives. It's usually not because... Uh, there, there is some natural talent there, of course, but there are rhythms and routines that people go through to perform at a very high level. And what I found out is this. Uh, a lot of times, it's mostly about those habits that make them into the people that they are. How they start the day, how they end the day, how they, what they do during their day. That's why we're doing this series uh, that I, uh, to look at some some rhythms and some habits that Jesus went through to make him so close to his father. Um, I, I, and just let me pause for a second, because Jesus, sometimes we lose this, that Jesus was a real man. Like he was a real person, like the person sitting next to you, he was blood and he was breath and he was flesh and he had a heartbeat, all those things. Sometimes we lose that because we think he's like this, uh, this person that was kind of like a ghost or didn't exist, but he was a real person. And that means he felt real pain and, and real, uh, all the things that we feel. But there were also rhythms and habits in his life that he associated in his life that he learned from actually the word of God that we talked about last week. We have already looked at two important habits, right? Already this uh, last couple of weeks was worship and scripture. Uh, this week we'll look at another rhythm that is just as important as those two. Um, We've already talked about the, the ones, but this one we're going to talk about this week. Oftentimes, I know in my own life, uh, we neglect. See, worship is not hard for me. Um, I love to worship. Um, if you know me, I'm that guy that you probably don't want to sit in front of because uh, I get a little loud and I like to clap my hands and I sing at the top of my lungs and I know I'm not the best singer in the world, but that's okay because I ain't singing for you. All right. So worship is not hard for me. I love to worship in the car and all those things. And even scripture is not hard for me. But let me just put this disclaimer. At one time, like taking in scripture and reading scripture was hard for me. And if you're anything like me, I am not the person who likes to read. OK, I do not like to read naturally. If you're one of those people, 
good for you, okay? But I'm not that person. I'm like, really, why would you read a book for eight hours when you can watch the movie version of it, right? <laughs> but here's what I learned in, in literally just since I've been here at the Rock Church, and I've been a pastor for a long time, is to fall in love with the Word of God. And, and literally have just, Josh and I were just talking about this in the back room, about how you have to exercise this muscle inside of you that doesn't want to be exercised. Now, for some of you, that comes natural, but I've learned to learn, I've learned how to fall in love with the scripture by doing some very hard things and just creating that time. And after a while, it felt really good. And, I, and there's hardly a day that I can go by without spending some time in scripture. But the one struggle that I really have, I really have, is this thing of rest that we're talking about today. This thing of rest. And in fact, I totally get it. Even in these times, this it is so hard to rest, right? Um, like I just dropped $500 putting 100 gallons of fuel oil in my tank so we'd have hot water this week. And that was painful. Um, but we often think that, you know, when times get tougher, we're just, we need to just work more and work more and work more and not turn it off. But there's, there's no end to this. But I'm so glad that God has a plan to keep us refreshed. It's called rest. The Bible actually calls it Sabbath rest. This is a word that you may have heard before or maybe you've heard it for the very first time. But this is something we don't do a very good job at especially as Americans, uh, especially in a culture that uh, is, is always on the goal, goal. After all, God has assembled the best and the brightest, I think, in this room right now. And I don't believe there's any lazy people here. Uh, some of your stories are amazing, and the things that you've done are amazing. But we work, uh, we all work until the job gets done, but we are finding, our, we are going to find out that uh, during this time together today, here's what I want to share with you. What Sabbath actually is, first of all, why it is important, and how do we honor it? Okay, so we're going to take this little journey today. So, but before I get started, let me just take a moment, just ask the Lord to just prepare our hearts for what he has for us today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, so much. You speak to our hearts. You're actually the only person who can do that effectively. And so I pray, God, that we would just not sit and just take in some words. I pray you would use my words, use my voice, use my mind. I just turn it over to you right now, Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to us now. Help us not to miss what you have for us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So what is Sabbath? What is this thing the Bible calls rest? Exodus chapter 20. So it says this, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And holy actually means just to set it apart from the other days. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, 
nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Now this is Genesis chapter 2. So right at the beginning of your Bible, the very second chapter of the, of, of the Bible uh, is talking about this day that even the Lord took. It says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. See, God did not rest because he was tired. We serve a God who does not get tired. And uh, thank God for that because he probably hears a lot from us, right? Uh, he does not, he, he wanted to pause though and look at the creation that he had made. And you know, out of all the things that he looked at, side note, his greatest accomplishment, his greatest joy came from looking at the person on your left and the person on your right. Like he looked at human beings and said, oh, this is my greatest creation. And that means you. Like he, take, he took the most pride in creating you. And if you've ever seen like incredible uh, scenery and things like that, we're actually uh, going to the Grand Canyon next week for our senior retreat. And uh, I mean, I'm not kidding you. It is unbelievable. If you've never been to the Grand Canyon, you're just like, okay, there's no way there's not a God. Like it will take your breath away. It is like your mind doesn't even comprehend. But that is nothing compared to when he looks at you. <laughs> And he looks at you, and you may not feel this way, but he looks at you, and he's like, oh, you are the greatest creation I've ever made. So he took this rest day to do those things. Some of you may not understand where this command actually comes for, comes from. And actually, it's, it's in the Ten Commandments. Do you know that? Like, it's in the same list. To take the Sabbath day, it's in the same list as, like, do not kill do not steal. Do not commit adultery. It is in that same list. It is that serious. In fact, the Bible talks about taking a Sabbath day more than any other commandment in the Ten Commandments. I think God kept pointing it out because he knew that we were going to struggle with it so much. And, and we were going to miss this gift that he's been giving, that he wants to give to us called the rest. Why is it so important? See, you're meant to work and then rest. A good rhythm is about rest. Uh, our drummer back here today, he, he, he has some excellent skills. But one of his greatest skills is he knows when to not play. And he knows when to play. Now, if he just played all the time, it would just sound like a big drum roll, right? Like... But he's playing in rhythm, like rest is part of the rhythm. If you're a music person, you know there are rests that take place. If you're a speaker in front of people, some of the most effective things you can do is just stop talking. Some of you may be thinking that right now. <laughs> so I'll give you your moment right now. Sometimes you have to rest. It's part of the rhythm. Um, as many of you know, I have a degree in education and I spent, some, I spent eight years in the public school in the inner city of Cincinnati. Did I mention the Bengals are from there and they were in the Super Bowl last year? Oh, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that or not. Anyway, 
Uh, one of my jobs, the first couple years, it was really a cake job. They hired me. I, I ran the computer lab, and they and they also I would be the technology coordinator. So one of my jobs was to go into the room, the classroom, and figure out what was wrong with the computers when they didn't work. And uh, so oftentimes I would go in there and I would do one simple thing. Well, first of all, I knew what was wrong with them because they were all PCs and they weren't Macs. So if, if you're a Mac person right now, you should be like shouting glory right now because Macs are much better than PCs. Anyway, I would go in the room and I would look like I'm fixing things. I'm really good at this and doing things that I don't really know how to do. And sometimes people believe me. And uh, that's why I'm here a pastor right now. I don't even, uh, I didn't feel, I didn't even fill out an application for this job. No, I go in, the, I would, back to my point. I would go in the room and actually turn the computer off and just sit there for a moment. But I look like I was like really doing something. And then it, I would turn it back on and I would still delay a little bit and I'd look at the computer and now it's working. And so the teacher's like, you are brilliant. <laughs> and as I said to him, was like, they said, well, what was wrong with it? And I'm like, it's too technical. I can't, just, you, wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. But this is just like us. This is just like your phone. When your phone doesn't work, sometimes you got to shut it off and just turn it back on again. But everything is designed to take a break. Everything is designed to rest for it to be fully functional. A lot of Christians really believe they can violate this commandment, though, including me. I'm right there. We don't keep the commandments to be saved. I just want you to know that salvation is free by what Jesus did on the cross and you accepting that. But I want you to know there's, there's something different about salvation and blessing. Um, murder, adultery, and lying are different. They're commands, right? We don't keep the commands to be saved. All those other things, we keep them to be blessed, right? Just ask your wife or your husband. Like, there's a blessing by not committing adultery against your spouse. All right? It's a good thing. Uh, there are blessings when you keep the commandments. But when you don't keep the commandments, there is consequences to be paid. Like many of us in this room. I, I'm sorry. All of us in this room have experienced consequences when we have decided to not keep the commandments. Those do not come automatically. Blessings don't. But God promises to bless your Sabbath when you keep your Sabbath. Blessing means to give. God has given you something. But did you know that Sabbath rest can also be experienced daily? This is a very important aspect of Sabbath. Sabbath is a gift and not a burden. I know my every day is different when I take the time to pause at the beginning of my day and get into God's word, because here's what it does for me. First of all, it like zeroes out the scale. Uh, it starts my day at zero, and I can fill it with things that I know God wants me to hear. Like he reminds me of who I am. The scripture reminds me who's in control. Uh, the, the scripture also corrects me. 
more than, better than any person or anybody. And what God has brought me from. It's a, it's a reminder of what God has brought me from. As I read other people's story in the Bible, I can see my own story in the Bible and I'm just reminded of where God has brought me from. See, Sabbath is a sign of redemption. It, it really, you can take these moments to just say, God, where would I be without you? You imagine if you did that every day. In Deuteronomy chapter five, it says, you were once slaves in Egypt. This is really pertaining to your old life. Before you were a follower of Jesus, when, the ma- when your master was sin, like it was a habit, it, taught you, it told you where to go, it told you when it wanted to be satisfied, and you listened to it all the time. But the Lord, your God, brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. Now, daily Sabbath has helped me to break some habits in my life that literally like told me what to do in the last 20 years. It's, it's crazy the power that happens when you take the time to reset. This is why the Lord your God, this is the inner chapter five there. This is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath. Sabbath is a rhythm of maintenance. It's either you pay now or you pay later. Um, one of the stories that I, I really love about Jesus when it, it, it's found in Mark, where it's Jesus in the storm, he was with all his disciples, and Jesus is napping in the bow of the boat. And the boys are all freaking out. They said, Jesus, don't you care? Yeah, the scripture actually says he had his head on a pillow. I'd be like, oh, I love you, Jesus. Like, you're so much like me. Not really. So he has his head on a pillow, and there's a storm going on, and, and Jesus just wakes up, and he's like, what is the big deal? Like, I'm taking a nap. He's like, don't you care that we're all going to die? And Jesus just says the word, the storms are calm. And he says, why were you so afraid? And I love that because, like, why are you so afraid when you have Jesus with you? You ever think about that? Like, why were they so afraid? We're like, what's going to happen to us? We have the Son of God. He may be sleeping right now, but we still have the Son of God right here. Why are we so afraid? I love that he places his trust in his Father. When you are tired... It produces a lot of things. One of the things is hunger. I know when I'm super tired, I will eat just about anything. Things that maybe even aren't meant to be eaten. <laughs> and you ever been hungry? Like you will eat things you're just like, ah, I wouldn't really have those three donuts, but I'm going to have them right now because I am so hungry. It's the same way with our souls, though. Like... When you're not satisfied with Jesus in your life and Jesus is not your satisfaction, he has not filled you up, you will look at and participate in things that are going to temporarily numb your responses to that. And so I think all of us at one time or another have found us in, in situations where if we were satisfied with Jesus, we would have normally 
we would have normally not done those things at all. Being tired, you make mistakes. I was reading about all these big, huge natural disasters or, or like nuclear uh, breakdowns or meltdowns happen because somebody fell asleep. We make poor decisions when we're tired and it kills our creativity. You know, God has made us in such unique ways. I love the diversity of the body of Christ. As I look out, I see all the different skills in you. As I look at you and I, and I think, oh my gosh, thank God I, I don't have that skill that that person has. Because I would never be able, I tried to be like, I don't know, like if I tried to play the drums up here, yeah, you'd run the other way. Like it's crazy. I love that God has made us unique. But Satan wants to destroy all that. And one of the ways he does that is to keep us tired. He wants to take that joy away from us being used by the Lord. One of the best decision techniques I have adopted is to say, uh, when I want to respond to somebody, I, I like to say, let me think about that for a little bit. Because sometimes when I'm tired, I want to respond in a way that you don't want to hear that answer. All right? You don't want to hear the answer. Instead of saying whatever comes to my mind in the moment, uh, this is what I do in, when I'm tired. I actually say what comes to my mind, which is probably not good. People have told me. But back to Sabbath day. How do we honor the Sabbath? What does it look like? All right, this is where the rubber meets the road. Step one. This could be used in every sermon. Step one could always be this one thing. You could use it in anything. Turn off your phone, all right? We could be talking about relationships. We could be talking about I don't, anything. Step one can always be turn off your phone. It's always a good thing. Phones make you feel like you are way more important than you really are to other people. Um, step two, you do not do work. Anything related to your vocation or calling. Some of you guys have already left right now because you already say, in your mind, you've already sat in there and you're like, this is not for me because I cannot stop working because I have this, 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 and this. I'm challenging you to do this. You may take your Sabbath on a Saturday or Sunday. That's usually the normal work week, not for me. Mine's usually on Friday or Saturday because I'm here on Sunday. And one of the things I have as a hobby is to work on my cars. So if you have a hobby, now if you work on cars for a living, that's probably not going to be your Sabbath by working on a car. But you know what? You're probably not going to get it right, right away. I also like to hang with my family. Um, I love my wife and I still love her like 28 years later. In fact, it's gotten better and better. Uh, we do spend a lot of time together to talk and dream and scheme up wild adventures we would do if we won the lottery. <laughs> Except there's only one problem. We don't play the lottery. <laughs> Which actually brings more conversation, how we're going to win the lottery when we don't play the lottery. The Lord can do anything. But what we try to do is put our phones away so we are not distracted. Some of you guys... That is a total foreign concept to you, and it is for me. But my wife is a protector of our time together. 
and it's urging me, actually forcing me to put my phone away and not to take text or calls. And she'll call me on it too. Number three, schedule nothing. Put nothing on your schedule. Yes, actually write the word nothing. I am doing nothing today. Um, some of you say, what about emergencies? What do I do about emergencies? Uh, most emergencies happen because we have not planned well. But if you have nothing scheduled, you will find a way to get those things out of the way. But when emergencies take place, which they sometimes do, uh, just take care of them and get back to it. Number four, don't give up on this. Um, I tried to, you know, as I stand before you, as I stand before our students, I, I never ask people to do things I'm not willing to do myself. And I, like I said before, confession time, I'm really not really great at this. So I said, it was a couple Fridays ago, just last week, and, uh, and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take Friday off. Nothing's on my schedule. I'm going to do the things I enjoy to do. So I got all my work done. But I told you, one of my hobbies is like working on my car, trying to figure out some things on my car. I like to save money, too. So that's a good thing. And my turn signals were not working on my car. So I said, oh, I'm going to do this. This is going to be so enjoyable when these turn. It's going to be something simple. Yeah, if you ever trying to figure out an electrical problem in a car, it's like, yeah, it's impossible. And so four hours I was working on this. It kept blowing fuses. I was like, no, I'm going to figure this out. And I was, after like four hours, I was exhausted. And then I finally just gave up. I just gave up. And I said, Lord, I've really screwed this up. Like, how am I even going to tell these people I took this Sabbath and I'm here, I'm frustrated, exhausted. This does not feel like rest whatsoever. And then because I have a brilliant daughter who takes after her father uh, <laughs> and her mother, um, I saw in my backyard, she, my daughter has put up a hammock back there. And that's where exactly where I went. And we've been experiencing such great weather. Man, I laid in that hammock. And here's what I started to do. Started to just thank God. And just name the things. You know, sometimes you have to consciously tell yourself who you are. And I just kept saying to myself, I'm a son of a king. Like, thank you, God, so much. You've blessed me in so many ways. And I was saying things like, God, I'm so thankful that I don't have to perform for your approval. That you love me. I just kept saying all these things, and these scriptures kept coming to my mind. And I was in a hurry at all to leave that spot. Why? Because I scheduled nothing for that day. And the most spiritual thing happened right in that moment. I fell asleep. I took a nap. I took a nap, just like Jesus in that boat. I took a nap. Jesus takes naps. And the most refreshing thing, I just kept thanking God for his goodness. How I trust him how he never has failed me. And then after I fell asleep, I woke up, and my turn signals still did not work. 
but I didn't really care. But I want you to know, I am not making this up. I got in the car the next day and turned on my turn signals and they work now. I am not kidding you. They work now. It's unbelievable. I love how Jesus just messes with us sometimes. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scriptures, really of all time. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And that simply means team up with him. Let him be the leader. He says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. So I didn't fix my turn signals that day. What I did fix was my soul. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you, your part, is light. Actually, you get the light end. What God is asking you to do in this world, you get the light end. And I'm not the dumbest guy in the world, okay? I am smart enough when I carry something really heavy, I maneuver myself so I'm going to get the light end, okay? Like, I want the light end, and I can take all the credit for moving the thing, even though somebody else has the heavy end. Here's what the Lord wants to do for you. He wants you to trust him with the heavy end. And some of you are still sitting here, like, this can't be me. So I want you to know, like, what does this mean about your relationship with God? First of all, I think it's a huge indicator if you trust him or not. Do I really think he's going to take care of me? I want you to know that he will do more in your six days than what you can do with your seven days. Some of you have experienced this. Some of you keep this command. And it's like having a cheat code. <laughs> it's like having help where nobody else had help before because they're just working themselves to death. This is a gift from the Lord. He did not make this so we could, it, this is not for him. This is actually for us. He says he is not... Like, he has made the Sabbath for us. This parallels so much with tithing. If you don't know, if you're brand new to the church, brand new to the word, the word talks about tithing, which actually means giving 10% of what you make to the Lord. And you know, if you have done that, it's a very tangible way, it's a very analytical way of understanding that your 90% now goes further than the 100% that you had before. It's God math. <laughs> and this is the same thing with Sabbath. He can do more in, in, in the six days that you, that you have control of, and he takes that seventh day and he resets you. He reprioritizes your thoughts and your, and your rhythms. And he's gonna make up the difference. But the only way you can find that out is actually do it. 
And some of you inside, I can see it in your eyes that you're just shaking your head no, like this is just some crazy guy who just wants to sit in his hammock on a Friday afternoon. No, trust me. I'm a dude and I'm a father and I have such pride in taking care of my family. But I found out that the Lord does a much better job of taking care of my family than I do. And I'm in the wrong seat if I think I'm in control. So here's what I want to do. We're going to take a few moments. We're going to end today with communion. And then our praise team is, is going to sing for us. But um, So if you take out your communion uh, cup there and open up the side with the, the wafer, just take that out and just hold that a second. Uh, the Lord's like really put Psalm 23 in my heart this, this week. And I, it just came alive because most of the time we don't hear Psalm 23 unless it's at a funeral. <laughs> but I want you to know this is full of life this morning. I just want you to hold that and listen to these words that David spoke to us. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Think about what that means for a second. The Lord can be trusted to guide your life. He knows more than you. He is much smarter than you. It says, I have all that I need. We claim that in the name of Jesus right now. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. When's the last time you felt like a true peace where you could just thank God for working things out that you don't even know how they're going to work out. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, which Jesus did, by the way, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they, they protect and comfort me. This is his commands. This is his guidance in our life. He only asks us to do the things that are going to protect us. I love this verse. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. This is crazy. This is like trash talk from Jesus. He's like, oh, the enemies think they're going to conquer you? No, you've already been conquered by the blood of Jesus. And, he, and, and, and you can sit down and feast with the Lord. It's, it's an awesome picture. You're going to sit down and feast with the Lord while all your enemies are watching you. <laughs> and you're just enjoying the best smoked brisket that you've ever tasted before. We had that yesterday. It was so awesome. In the presence of your enemies, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and he said, um, 
This is my body broken for you, broken for your healing. Take and eat and remember the sacrifice that I made for my body. Take and eat. He said, but not only I'm going to heal you, but I'm going to forgive you for every mistake that you ever made. Why? Because you're worth it. You are worth that Jesus would shed his blood on the cross. Sometimes you got to stop and just absorb that and take that in. Sometimes we got to just stop what we're doing. This crazy pace that we're living in. Think about the sacrifice that Jesus made. Why? So you not only can go to heaven, but you can start having a relationship, a personal relationship with them right now. So let's take and drink and be thankful for the blood that was shed on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you're doing for us. Our worship is our response and our thank to you. We love you. In your name we pray. Let's worship together, church. Amen.